Welcome into Mock Trial Masterclass, your guide to controlling the courtroom. I'm Luke, and I want you to be a Mock Trial Master. Let's talk about how you can make that happen. So in a previous Mock Trial Masterclass episode, I went over four phrases that you need to remove from your vocabulary as an attorney. In this episode, we're going to do something a little similar, but also a little bit different. Today, we're going to go over four questions that you never need to ask again as an attorney. Now, like I said in that other video, this is not a personal attack. I have asked all of these questions before in my mock trial career, but I want you to know that these questions are bad and why they're bad so that you can avoid them in the future and be better and get closer to mock trial master status. It's all about improving here. That's all I care about. I want you to control the courtroom like a mock trial master. And if you get rid of these four questions, you're gonna get closer to that point. So let's get started. Let's get into question number one. Question number one that you shouldn't ask a witness as a lawyer is, why are you here today? Now I get why that question gets asked. It's usually a transition from the introduction of who this witness is to how they relate to the case. But there's really two problems with that question. First, the answer nine times out of 10 to why a witness is in a courtroom is because that witness was subpoenaed. In other words, they were given a court order that required them to be in court that day. So again, nine times out of 10 for a witness, the answer to why are you here today is uh, I was subpoenaed. So in that sense, it's not a great question to ask. But what I think is that when you ask a witness, why are you here today? It almost sounds like philosophical. You know, it's almost like the witness could respond and be like, well, you know what, why am I here? And why are really any of us here? What is the meaning of all of this, right? It, it, it is not great. So there are better ways to make that connection between the introduction and the sort of body of your direct examinations than asking, why are you here today? So for example, if you've got an expert on the stand, a more specific question that isn't quite so ethereal might be, how did you become involved with this case? If uh, it's a plaintiff testifying in a lawsuit, you might ask them, do you know the defendant in this case? Have you ever encountered the defendant before, right? There are just more specific ways to make that connection besides asking, why are you here today? Which is a bit of a vague question and it just sounds kind of weird. So come up with more specific ways to ask that question. It'll make your performance probably a point or two better. Question number two you should avoid, we're staying on direct examination with this one. Please introduce yourself to the jury. Now, I know a lot of you are probably looking at this and thinking, what? I know, it's a super common question that gets asked all the time in mock trial. Here's why I have a problem with it. Please introduce yourself is not a conversational human phrase. Because in direct examination, we want to be conversational. We want to sound human. We want to appear natural. And my guess is that when you're at a party and you meet someone new, you don't walk up to them and put out your hand for a handshake and say, please introduce yourself to me. No, you're going to say, hey, what's your name, man? Or, hey, it's good to meet you. What's your name? Tell me about yourself. Please introduce yourself just as kind of robotic. It's kind of stiff. So. What I like to do is start every single direct examination with the same question. Please tell us your name. 
It's conversational. It lets you get into the shoes of being the 13th juror and blend in more, relate more to the jury. And it's not quite so stiff as saying, please introduce yourself, which by the way, that question also doesn't lend itself to an easy answer. Whereas if you were to ask more specific questions like, what do you do for a living? Where do you live? How old are you? There's a clear answer that is being uh, hinted at by the question. But when you say, please introduce yourself, a witness doesn't really know what to do or where to go. So start all your directs by saying, please tell us your name. And I'm gonna make you a promise. If you do that, your direct examinations, at least at the beginning, will start to feel more natural and more comfortable. Question number three, you need to avoid, this one's on cross-examination. So is that a yes to my question? This is another one I hear all the time and why I understand the purpose behind it and I get the intent, that intent oftentimes doesn't get met. Most of the times when I hear an attorney say, is that a yes to my question, it comes across as really, really condescending. It's almost as if they're crossing the witness and the witness says something and it's, so that's a yes to my question. And it immediately makes the attorney unlikable and, and not relatable and, and it makes it feel like they're attacking the witness. I agree that getting your yes is important as an attorney, but there are better ways to do it than saying, so is that a yes to my question? And here's the problem too with that. A lot of times when I hear that question get asked, it was a yes to the question. So take this example. I ask uh, a witness, did you work on the week of March the 21st? Did you go to work that week? And the witness says, Monday and Tuesday. Now, we all gathered from that answer that they went to work on Monday or Tuesday, but they didn't say yes. And so attorney who's being condescending comes back and says, is that a yes to my question? Well, of course it was a yes to your question. Everyone in the room knew it was a yes to your question. But just because they didn't say the word yes, you're gonna now be condescending, even though not only did they answer your question, but they gave you more detail than you asked for. Right, it's just not a great place to go. There are better ways to do that, more polite ways to do that. If you're really concerned about tying a witness to a specific yes or no on the question, you can be more polite about it and say something like, you know, Mr. or Ms. Smith, I appreciate that response. I appreciate that explanation, but I am just going to need a yes or no. Did you or you did whatever. And if the witness is being combative, if you do need to punch back a little bit harder and maybe not be quite so polite, that's fine. But I still think that, so that's a yes to my question, is, is just really, really condescending most of the time. Uh, there are better ways to do it. Talk to your coach, try to work through that and come up with better ways to get your witness to stick to a yes. That is important, getting your witness to stick to a yes, but you don't wanna be condescending and come across as arrogant as a crossing attorney. Before we get into the fourth question that you need to avoid asking as an attorney, I wanna remind you that you can schedule coaching with me, and believe me, if we do that, we can talk about stuff to get rid out of your vocabulary all day long. No, but in all seriousness, I would be more than happy to spend time with you, you and a teammate, or you and your entire team working on whatever it is that you wanna work on. I can listen to speeches and examinations and provide feedback. I can teach on an area of mock trial that you'd like to know more about, or we can just do a good old fashioned Q&A. Whatever it is you have in mind, I would love to help you out with it. So if you wanna schedule coaching with me, click the link in the description on YouTube or in the show notes on podcast platforms. All right, big number four. The fourth question that you must avoid asking as an attorney is, does your bias 
affect your testimony. Here's how this usually looks. You've got a witness on the stand that is offering facts that helps someone who is their friend. And the cross-examination starts and the crosser goes up and, 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 and then redirect happens and, and they say, now you were asked questions about the fact that this person is your friend, right? Yes. Did that in any way affect your testimony today, the fact that you are his friend? No, it did not. <laughs> well, that settles it, folks. <laughs> no, no bias here. We asked the question and, and he said no, so we can just go on home. Right, you see how ridiculous of a question this is to ask, but yet for some reason it is so tempting. We want to ask this question because it, it, for whatever reason, when we're a lawyer, it feels like, well, this is going to settle it. This is going to, this is going to set the score straight. But as you just saw in those examples we went through, it almost has the opposite effect, right? It, it almost suggests like, oh, maybe, maybe this person does have a bias. Maybe, maybe there is something to hide here. Maybe there is something to that argument. So the best thing to do, there's not really a replacement question for this. You just don't need to touch it. If your witness has a bias, they have a bias. They could admit to it and you can move on. When you draw extra attention to it by bringing in that extra question, it, it's no good. It doesn't do what you think it's going to do. Just stop, no further questions, move on. So again, if you've asked these questions before, which again, I've asked these questions before too, don't feel bad. I'm not coming down on you. This is not an attack. It's an encouragement. I want you to get rid of these questions so that you can start asking better ones, start getting closer, to controlling the courtroom like a mock trial master, because that's what I want you to be able to do. I know you're capable of it. And again, if you get rid of these four questions, you're gonna get even closer to that point.